Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Asia Ochoa and Shauna Ridenauer. Asia and Shauna are sisters, authors of the book, The Green Time, and founders of the nonprofit, The Green Time. We have so much to talk about, so let's dive right into this, Asia and Shauna, and welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. for having us on the show. Absolutely. So Asia and Shauna, you both hail from and grew up in San Jose, California. Can you describe your upbringing and a bit about your personal journeys? Who wants to start first? Sure. We can have Shauna start first. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, like you said, we grew up in uh, San Jose, California. So, you know, it's Silicon Valley and our family has been there for a really long time. Our grandma came there when she was a kid and our whole family is there. And we grew up on the east side in a little house and it's it was me and Asia and our mom and our dad and we were there our whole, our whole lives until last, what, last year or so um, when we finally left that house behind. And so, you know, 40 years that we were there and um, we went to school there and we worked there and our, our mom was really the breadwinner of the family and our dad was a stay at home dad. And so that was a really cool experience growing up. And you know, we got married there, we had our kids there, and then we ended up moving out here to California, or to Arizona, just in the last year or so, within a year of each other, actually. And so now we're kind of doing the next chapter in our lives, and it's kind of starting new. We lost our mother six, almost seven now, years ago. So after she died, things, you know, everything changed. And so we kind of, over the last few years, decided that we wanted to start some place fresh. And so now here we are in Arizona. <laughs> Donna, do you want to give a little bit about what it was like for you growing up and making that transition to Arizona? Um, you know, when we were in, living in California our whole lives and in the beginning, um, at first, I, I always really thought that we would live there forever and ever. And it was perfect to me. And uh, we had a really awesome childhood and we have a lot of great, great memories in California, in San Jose, in our little neighborhood and our little house. And there was to me never any real reason to ever leave there. It was kind of like California had it all for me and for us, but you know, things changed and that's kind of part of what the story of the green time is about. It's about change and letting change happen. How was it for you both to make that transition from California being that you had lived there all of your lives. You went to elementary school, you went to junior high, mm -hmm. high school, and you probably transitioned from school to school with most of your friends, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shauna and I actually, we, we pretty much attended, I mean, all throughout elementary, middle and high school. Um, we attended all the same schools. We went to the same schools. We had the same circle of friends. Um, pretty much, you know, everything that we did socially during the week, during school, on the weekends, we pretty much did everything together. So 
I was the first one to move from California first. And it was scary. It was, it was, I mean, it was definitely a decision that was discussed for a couple of years before it actually happened. And there was a lot of planning that went into it. And it was something that we knew we wanted, but it was still extremely scary. I mean, we were, you know, leaving behind everything we knew in San Jose and, and then some, because we still have family that, that is there. And so it was very bittersweet. It was a very bittersweet. Yeah, Yeah. that would be, I would say that would be difficult just because you did have your network there. And so to make that big transition, Mm -hmm. why Arizona? I know we talked about this previously, (laughs) but why Arizona? Why was this important? Why was this the place? Well, well, maybe, I don't know. We we might have our own reasons for it and some that are... um, that we have a comment, but I mean, there was a lot of reasons. It was everything from feeling crowded in Silicon Valley, the high cost of living, wanting to have more opportunities for our children, being able to actually purchase a home for our family mm-hmm. instead of- Which we could have never done in, no. in San Jose. <laughs> we would have really? never been able to no, do that. It's not expensive. Okay. Um, we have big families. And so we needed to think about not just moving forward and taking care of our children and ourselves, but we also have our father and then our in-laws that are getting older and um, will be needing to be cared for soon. We knew that we needed homes that was going to have room for that as well. It was also geographic. It was a good um, location for us Mm -hmm. because we, well, we grew up uh, because of our mother. She was a big road tripper and we grew up every summer hitting the road and she loved to come through the Southwest most of the time. Yeah. And so we've come through here like so many times and are familiar with it. We have cousins here. We have cousins in New Mexico. We have cousins in Southern California. So being here around the Phoenix area is kind of like central to a lot of things that we like to right. go do and people that we need to be able to see. And we love the desert. So you love the desert. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You have some of the most beautiful sunsets there. Uh, I've I've hung out in in Phoenix a few times and the sunsets are amazing in the desert. So I take pictures every day almost. (laughs) (laughs) They are gorgeous. Can you talk about your dreams and some of the key moments in your journey that stand out for you? Yeah, well, um, you know, we were raised in a family that was very active in community. Uh, And I mean, most of our experience in working as adults has been around nonprofits and working in community and volunteering and giving back. So, yeah, I think that we have always had that want and that drive to want to continue that and continue the service to our communities and to the people in our communities. But um, we have actually talked multiple times over the, I mean, over the years, even um, with our cousin, Sunny, we've talked about wanting to start our own nonprofits to, you know, fill in like service gaps that we've experienced over the years of us working in the nonprofits that are already existing within Santa Clara County and wanting to fill some of those gaps, but we've never actually brought any of 
any of those talks to fruition up until this past year. So yeah, I think it's something that we've always wanted to do, but life just kind of continues to move forward and it gets in the way sometimes. And, but I think that's also what's really special about this whole project in the green time is it's finally the one thing, the one project that Shauna and I have talked about together that we've actually done and completed. Let's do a little pivot here because let's talk about how you decided to bring, because you're authors now, how you decided to bring the book alive and who and what was your inspiration for this? Our father, uh, Frank, he wrote this story decades ago. (laughs) And and, um, I I actually don't remember when we actually told him about the green time because it was kind of like our secret thing for a long time. Um, I don't remember telling him about you. I personally don't remember. I just know that my, my father says that it was around when I was around eight or nine that he wrote the story. I don't remember the, the specific time that we actually told him about the green time. Well, in any case, we told him about it and he, he's kind of a writer. Um, He did a lot of writing when he was in college and things like that. And um, he's really good at it and he has a great imagination. And so he's very creative. He's an artist um, himself. And so he wrote this story and then it kind of just got shelved, you know, like a lot of things do. And a long time later, when we were in, I think, high school, uh, one of our uncles had a print up of this story done for my dad as a Christmas present. And it was just on, um, it was, it was a book that he had made himself and binded himself totally oh, yeah. like DIY style. And so it was like on foam board <laughs> yeah. and paper, you know, <laughs> and my dad was so like moved and touched by it and, and totally surprised because he had forgotten about it. And it was a really cool thing. And that, and even that was years and years ago. And so again, the story got kind of shelved. And then after Asia moved to Arizona, we were talking one day and she was like, I really want to get the green time published, like for real published and like an actual book. And so she of course wanted me to get in on it with her. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so (laughs) we worked on this book for the last, I don't know, nine months, a year or so. Mm -hmm. It was after she moved out here and we started working on it. So that's how it came to be. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about this book because I know it was based off of one of your stories right that you you told your father is that correct yeah I'd say the green time itself was what was told to my father I think the parts of the story I don't want to give away parts of the story but um, there's details in the story a specific event that happens in the story that was based on true events but wasn't (laughs) detail for detail exactly what was originally told yeah our the green time was a real thing for us Uh, it was we actually called it the green time back then Mm -hmm. and it was um just something that would happen on early mornings and my dad was the one that kind of filled in the story Mm -hmm. when he 
created it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if people were to pick up this book and they were to read the back of the book, what would you want them to take away from that? The book is really about sisters and sisterhood and but I think it's pretty relatable for all um, siblings growing up together because, you know, life, life can feel hard and scary sometimes. And especially when you're growing up and you're, you know, going through adolescence and maybe you're in those preteen years and it really, really does matter. And it really, really did help for me to have that built in best friend support system for for me. Mm -hmm. And whether it's two sisters or a sister and a brother or whatever, I think siblings growing up together close like that, I think it makes a world of difference. Like I said, just having that support system really did help in just growing up and getting through all those hard, difficult teen years and, but doing it together. And that was really special. And I just, I I think that that's something that I really want other kids to be able to read this book and see that maybe those feelings that they're having about their siblings, their older siblings, maybe growing out of certain games or certain things that they're used to playing together is normal. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's a part of life, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Shauna? Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that it's about like she said, the important thing is that it's about changes and life is full of different phases and different milestones and different things that you have to adapt to and be open to and having that other person there to go through it with you is, I think, the main part of the story and about these two sisters in particular in this story. And the great thing about it is it's kind of, it, it relates to all relationships and friendships, whether it's a best friend that lives next door to you or a classmate or, you know, neighborhood friend, or it is your brother and sister. I mean, we all experience these relationships Absolutely. at some point or another. And, you know, those are, all, those are all very special times, especially Absolutely. for children. Yeah. We all go through these transitions and it's incredible what, and I'm going to use the word friendship generally, because that, as you said, could mean two sisters, a brother and a sister it could be a cousin and a, and a cousin. It could mm-hmm. be a friend and a, just somebody who met early on and going through those transitions and changing and flexing and seeing what that looks like for each of us is so significantly different. So yes, that's a good message. Like how do you cope and confront those changes over time? And do you move together? Do you move apart? And what does that look like for each of us? So that's really, really great. So um, where can folks actually purchase this book? Um, They can find it on Amazon, amazon amazon.com. And it's um, available both on paperback and on um, Amazon Kindle, um, ebook Kindle. Yeah. And then they could also visit our website, www.thegreentime.org, and they can find the link to purchase the book there as well. Fabulous. Okay. So since you mentioned your site, can you also talk a bit more about your nonprofit and your mission and passion for this nonprofit? Sure. Um, It's the green time, thegreentime.org. And um, uh, just to kind of piggyback on what we just finished talking about and 
what why the green time the organization is really important to us is because Shauna and I were lucky enough and blessed enough to have each other growing up and having that support system and having two very present parents in the house. But we also know that not everybody has that and not everybody has a sibling or a best friend next door or a a best friend classmate at school that they can confide in. And there are individuals, families out there who do need extra support. And that's where we come in. And that's where the green time comes in. So I guess two really quick things to say about the green time, the organization is that one, we are a voluntary based organization that is committed to access service to individuals who are in need of a little extra support from their communities. And all of our access service are volunteer-based. So they're all performed by people that are doing access service out of the kindness of their hearts. No one's getting paid to do anything. Um, And basically how it works is we have members of the community that either email or call in to us and they nominate people within their community. And it could be individuals, families, and or small businesses that go above and beyond for their communities. And what we do is we highlight them on our website and we give them homepage, the homepage space. And then they also have the community highlights page that will talk all about what their cause is and how people can get involved and help with their cause. Um, And then it's also meant to encourage others to do access service within their own communities as well. And then the other part of that too is um, we do as an organization, we do reach out to existing causes and we offer additional support for organizations or families that are needing extra services. Oh, that's great to know that you do some collaboration with other nonprofits. Yeah, we do do a lot of collaborations. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah, that is so needed. And it's so great to hear that there's an organization that is going to support community, help others support community, and highlighting those folks that are doing a great job of supporting those in community. There are so many people out there right now and have always been that need that just that bit of support, that bit of nurturing, that holding up and, and really just kind of helping support folks out there. Yeah, there's a lot of folks out there doing a lot of great stuff (laughs) for people. And a lot of the time, I would say more often than not, a lot of these folks, they don't want to be brought into the spotlight. They're just wanting to do kind things, like Mm -hmm. I said, from the kindness of their heart. They don't want any kind of um, recognition recognition for it. And that's fine. And we respect that. But we also feel it's really important to let them know that they're appreciated. So whether it's done quietly or we, you know, blast their name all over our social media, depending on how they feel about it, we do just want to let people know that they are appreciated for their good deeds that they do out there in the Mm -hmm. community every day. Because Mm -hmm. there are so many people and so many families that need them. Absolutely. And I think that even though they may not want to be highlighted, it's a great way to highlight their services. So it's twofold in that you're highlighting the great things that they're doing in community. And you're also highlighting that they're out there doing these things. So maybe that other people can access the services as well. 
Oh yes, most definitely. And we always put all of their contact info out there um, because that's that's really what, what we want is we want people to go out and we want people to get involved. Uh, a lot of people feel like in order to get involved and to really make a difference out there that they have to commit a ton of time, that they have to spend money, that they have to, you know, it doesn't cost anything to do acts of kindness for people. It really doesn't. That's another big part of the Green Time organization is wanting to get out there and show people, look, you don't need anything to do acts of service for people or to do an act of kindness for somebody. It can be Mm -hmm. something as simple as a smile, you know? Right. And even with nonprofit, I, I started out nonprofit years and years ago. And there's so much need for support with your own nonprofit. So that could be if you have a young intern who's coming in to do the marketing, who's doing, you know, the posting, you're working with an intern with your nonprofit to help them kind of grow their skill set. So many times I would go even still do is go to the local universities and set up a table and recruit interns so that when they get out in community and they start doing things that they're looking for jobs, they don't feel like they don't have a skill set, number one. But number two, they also then have experience with giving back to the community in some way. And that is so great. I do that all the time now just because it's a great way to give back. And that's exactly where I started. I started a nonprofit as well. So yeah, that's awesome. No, I love that. That's exactly <laughs> okay. how it should work. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Right. You want to make that the cycle, a good yes. cycle. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, you're both so spirited and passionate about supporting community. And this is yeah. just so awesome. And you told us a, a little bit about how that kind of runs in your DNA in relation to the other people in your history and your family mm-hmm. that have come up and modeled that year and generation after generation, which is so great. But as we come to the close of this interview, my last question for each of you is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? And Asia, do you want to start with your words of wisdom? Yeah, my words of wisdom for the listeners out there is uh, just a little bit on what I hinted on just a few moments ago is that there is no act of kindness that is too small. There is no Mm. such thing. And there are so many different kinds of acts of kindness that you can do for people out there, for your neighbors, you know, um, for your coworkers. I mean, for the woman standing in front of you at the grocery store, there's so many different things that you could do. And actually, if you visit our website, thegreentime.org, we usually have a list posted on there. I think right now there's six simple ways to give back. So we always have suggestions uh, on how people can do that. But yeah, that's definitely my words of wisdom is I want people to know that anybody, anybody at any age, can go out there and do something nice for somebody else. And if everybody did that every day, the world would be a little Mm -hmm. bit kinder. Absolutely. And Shauna, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? I had the same idea. So I I guess I'm going to piggyback a little bit. Just that we aren't talking about going out and single-handedly solving world hunger or anything like that. Like, I mean, the simplest thing, giving back to your community, I guarantee you that if you want to do something 
there's somebody in your city, in your neighborhood, who's looking to do something too. And whether you go out and volunteer with another organization, or like Asia was saying, just being kind to people, like we really need to foster more kindness in the world. And human beings need to take better care of each other and look out for each other more. I mean, especially mm-hmm. now um, in the time of COVID and yeah. all the craziness that's been going on this past couple of years and this year. And why do we wear masks? We wear masks for ourselves, but we also wear them for the other person. And that whole idea of taking care of each other in small ways. Yes. Cause it takes mm-hmm. a village. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> it does. Thank you, Asia and Shauna, for joining me today on the Core Women Podcast. Thank Thank you so much. We appreciate it so much. Absolutely. If you would like to connect with Asia and Shauna, you can find them at The Green Time on Facebook and Instagram, as well as www.thegreentime.org. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together. 